close. His destructive programming is taking effect. He will be irresistibly drawn to large cities where he will back up sewers, reverse street signs, and steal everyone's left shoe. Hey there, listeners. Just so you know, the audio quality is going to take a dip about halfway through the recording. Uh, I was very excited to record on a fancy new microphone and did not fiddle with the settings beforehand. Uh, When I took it out of the box, the gain knob was cranked all the way up. And after testing, I've realized that I should have had the gain knob cranked all the way down. So I've re-recorded everything I said in the beginning of the podcast, but once we get into the um, meat and potatoes of the actual game, we're uh, I'm going to keep the old audio so that I have my authentic responses to everything. Uh, but other than that, um, let me say, welcome to Star Shard, a podcast for those who look at the lore of Kingdom Hearts and think, what if it was worse? I, I think, I think that was it. It's been a while. <laughs> it, it's been approximately seven months. Time has not been kind. Nor has capitalism. Yeah. Uh... But uh, I'm still Holly. I still use she, her pronouns. I am still Storm. I still use they, them. Um, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this two weeks after the last episode. Uh, we recorded, we attempted to record this episode. This is our third attempt. Uh, we attempted to record those in May and June. It is now November. Um. Basically, what happened was we got derailed and sidetracked on various conversations that we did want to have, but we also took up a lot of time having them. So I'm going to splice in some of our thoughts on the series, thoughts on Disney and Square Enix, and also some mild lore corrections from the previous episode. And I'm going to splice them in here. Whoa! Uh, where we left off was uh, six two Stitch. 626 to tongue uh tongue twister i kind of just got shunted out into the astral sea and is uh trying to find where where to land i really wish that i really wish they had given 626 an easier name to say (laughs) i mean i wish there was some other name we could say but uh unfortunately no nobody's come up with one yet no i i don't think Paul really talked to him all that much. He was too focused on Sultan. Yeah. Uh, it was mostly Stitch watch or six two six watching the interactions and going, "Nice." Who the hell is Stitch? Yeah, who is the hell is Stitch, man? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, should we? Uh, we we mentioned that we should do some like corrections for last episode. New York Times, uh, corrections sections. 
Yeah, we're gonna because... we're gonna do some hindsight here because uh, hindsight is twenty twenty two apparently. Yeah. So uh, I decided on a whim uh, because there wasn't a movie for this episode. I decided to watch uh, the movie that six two six comes from uh, Lilo and six two six. Wait, you saying uh, he's not from Sultan and the Rockstar? Um. Well, there was a there was a small cameo. Uh, it, I mean, it was a preview. Oh, uh, uh, okay. After credit scene, I get it. Yeah, I mean, really, if you're if you're keeping it accurate on the wiki, of course he debuted in Sultan and the Rockstar. Mm-hmm. But not many people know that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things is we made an offhanded joke about Stitch about um. Uh, 626 doing a cannonball into a river. Uh, Obviously, we all know that 626 sinks. Yes. Uh, his molecular density will not let him survive in water or, or something, uh, according to Dr. Jamba. Uh, uh, Jamba, we had left him behind so quickly. Yeah. I don't think uh, we talked about him. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, also, um, you know, a bigger thing with the uh, Kingdom Hearts lore that I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is a solid expert in and was just screaming at their pod podcatcher this through the entire yeah. last episode. Obviously, we are ta- we are preaching to the choir here. Yes. Um. So I have now uh, consulted the timeline, which I. I apologize profusely for not doing so extensively before our first episode. Uh, at this point in the timeline, it would be very reasonable for Unversed to still be appearing. Uh, right. Obviously, uh, you all that, and I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I still think that Heartless are still an option, so I don't think we're completely out of line. Yes, but I have such negative feelings about getting this wrong that Unversed are forming in my room from the negative emotions of getting this wrong. I'm being murdered by floods as we speak. Oh no, oh no. Uh, I guess uh, you gotta reach in and summon that Keyblade? Have you been passed on the ability to do that yet? No, but I am just jangling my house keys at them and it seems to be scaring them off. They seem to be very confused. Unverse do not have object permanence, so anything that looks like a thing is a thing. Yes. Uh, so uh, six six two six sinks, and Unverse would be able to be here not for much longer, but I feel like in our next world we should do Unverse. With some, you can have some heartless flair in there. Does it? Legitimate question. Should we explain what unversed are, or does it just not matter? (laughs) It it feels like it really doesn't matter. I feel like we have to choose between someone not knowing what we're saying at all, or hearing what we're saying and being confused anyway. And I can't decide which one's funnier. (laughs) So, uh, honestly, the unversed are easier to explain than the heartless and nobodies, in my opinion. The unversed, since we're on this topic right now, uh, are 
negative emotions? Yeah, sort of? Just, just negative emotions made manifest. And they're a little bit sharper than Heartless. Yeah, yeah. take a picture of a Heartless and then just put it into Photoshop and just hit the sharpen tool like a billion times and then you've got one of those. Just really get to a point. Just grab one of those vertices and yank it as hard as you can. <laughs> were we we were going to talk a bit more about our experiences with Kingdom Hearts since there really isn't a story here. Yeah, and also we should probably be very clear that um, Kingdom Hearts is the the ultimate crossover of properties between uh, Di the Walt Disney Company and Square Enix, both of which are fucking terrible. Oh, absolutely terrible. I mean, everyone knows why Disney is terrible because they're very in your face about it, but you have to do some digging to find out why Square Enix is terrible. I mean, not recently. They just jettisoned half their studios so they can put more money into NFTs. Yeah, that is a little bit more in your face. Yeah, they just like, hey, we're going to sell Tomb Raider so we can generate JPEGs for money. Wait, Square Enix did Tomb Raider? Yeah, Square Enix owned the studio that owned Tomb Raider. Does that mean that we can legitimately put Lara Croft in Kingdom Hearts? Not anymore, but we can put a board ape in Kingdom Hearts. So, so the Radiant Garden, because because we're not referencing a movie that people would have heard of, like Sultan and the Rockstar. Uh, they might not have a mental image of, in their head. Um, this place is like a weird lavender-hued, like... Fountain? I mean, yeah, like... There's lots of fountains. Lots of fountains... It's like weird. It it's got steampunk. It's like pastel steampunk, basically. Good. Is That's it, a good vibe for it. Yeah, it's like it's got like weird towering castles, and like everything is like gears and smoke, but also it's all purple pastel hues. Yeah, like the ground is like this. It's like white, blue, and past like lavender cobblestones. Yeah. It, it's very bright there, is probably a good way to put it. Yeah. It's also, like, it's it's such a weird architectural style. Let me see if, like, Kingdom Hearts Wiki has a better way of describing the appearance of the Radiant Garden. If, if you tried to render a Disney world into Final Fantasy. Yeah, yes. I... It's such a... I've never thought about having to describe this before. <laughs> it's very pretty. It's uh, very pretty. Very pretty. Anyway, the whoever's listening has given up, has crashed their car, has gone to Google what Radiant Garden looks like. Obviously, because they need to know. Whoa! Editing magic. <laughs> uh, Editing so magic. So the thing I realized was that because we're doing a world that is not based on a movie, it's a lot harder to just freeform come up with the plot of something instead of just regurgitating the plot of a movie and saying, but also Stitch was there. Also Stitch was there. Uh, so we are going to be playing uh, a tabletop RPG this time. We're going to be playing a hack of my friend Adam Silverstein's game, Sweet Peony. 
Sweet Peony is a two-player game where players tell the story of a character or object through a series of short vignettes, each framed through the lens of either joy or sorrow. This game explores the ups and downs that come naturally in life, whether over the course of a day, a month, or a lifetime. We're... We're ruining the tone of this game with Adam's blessing and consent. Yeah, another IP for us to cause chaos in. Yeah, so uh, instead of the tones of joy and sorrow, we're adapting it to 626 a little bit, and our two lenses are cute and chaos. Uh, this is, uh, you can find this game on hawk-windwriter.itch.io, but uh yeah this is uh this is a very nice game i've i have not actually played this before but i've heard a recording of it and it was very nice and sweet and uh we're going to not do that i don't think (laughs) well i think it's going to be nice and sweet just in a very chaotic way so uh the first part of the game is choosing our setting which we already know it is the Radiant Garden, which we described so well in our past two recording attempts. Um, it's the thing what where all the Final Fantasy characters live. I'm just going to trust past us to have described it well. Oh, I don't trust them for anything. That is also very valid. Um, so we basically know our setting. We know it is the Radiant Garden, circa Birth by Sleep. And then character creation. Both players will jointly create one character. This can be a brand new character, or even a character from another game or piece of media. Well, we got that. Yes, thank you, Adam, for letting us, for giving us permission to do fanfic. Because, boy howdy, that's what we're gonna do. (laughs) Isn't that what Kingdom Hearts is? Yeah, it's... It's Nomura being allowed to do fanfic, which... No more is living the dream. Question is, is it fanfic if it's your own characters? Um, I don't know. I mean, we are recording this during the height of Gontrov fever on Tumblr, and that <laughs> that conversation of what is fanfic has been coming up a lot. <laughs> that is very true. Um. So we have a setting, and we have a character, and we know who's going to be what. Yes. Um, we rolled, uh, as you do, we rolled a 1d626, uh, to assign the two moods, and I will be playing as the cute scenes, and Storm will be playing as the chaos scenes. Yay! Uh, the way this game works is that you have a deck of cards, or in our case, a half deck of cards for shorter games, and, uh, each player is assigned either the black cards or the red cards. Uh, it's basically a game of war. You each play one card. Whoever has the highest card narrates the scene according to their particular lens. Normally, if there's a tie, we it's it's a combination of joy and sorrow. It's a collaboratively narrated, narrated scene that's bittersweet. Cute and chaos are a little bit too close for that to feel like a satisfying mechanic. So we're also hacking it to where if we ever have a tie... Instead, the scene is going to feature an inexplicable cameo. We, if that happens, we will get to what that means. Oh, if if you know Kingdom Hearts, you probably understand at least a little bit. Okay, so how do I join your room? Uh, wait, you're in my room. I see your mouse moving. Oh. Okay. Also, I fucked this up. This is supposed to be two separate decks. Uh, uh, uh 
Um, let, let me add the table again. Uh, okay, this should be right now. Uh, hopefully. And we need jokers, right? Um, I guess. We don't actually, actually need them. We can just say we're using our joker. Uh, basically what the joker does is, like, if you decide, hey, this has been, narratively, we should have a chaos or cute scene. You have your one joker, one say, no, I'm just going to win this hand because it's been very heavily your scene. And that's, it, it's basically just that we're trying to tell a story, not, like, necessarily win. So, like, yeah. doing a bunch of the same tone of scene in a row wouldn't necessarily be satisfying. <laughs> All right. Stitch has been a puppy dog for far too long. Time for him to be an alien. Uh, hang on. How do I, how do I shuffle this? Oh, I click the 13, shuffle stack, click the 13, shuffle stack. Okay, so, uh... I guess we'll get started with the first turn. Are we starting outside of Radiant Garden, or are we already there? I think we are. We, we're we on the world map. We hit Triangle to land in Radiant Garden. or We hit the 9 key on our flip phone, and uh, we... This will be the first scene that happens. Uh, presumably, the title card for Radiant Garden will come up at the end. Okay. Alright, so... Gonna pull one card, and let's flip. King... Alright, so we're starting on a cute note. Um, I think that, um, hmm, this is an interesting one because <laughs> I, I think what happens is that Stitch, um, Stitch is flying over Radiant Garden, does not look where he's going, uh, and jumps out of the red one as it's flying by, and he lands directly into one of the fountains um and as we established in the corrections portion of the episode uh we that uh, six two six can ugh, six two six cannot swim <laughs> it would be much easier if i just called him stitchy we we know he's Stitch. The narrator knows he's Stitch. <laughs> we can call Six Two Stitch. That's been working. Yeah, but I've never done it intentionally. I don't. <laughs> I've only done it accidentally. Um. Um. He lands in a fountain, and I think as he's, it's not very deep water, but he is he is splashing, uh, acting like he is drowning. Uh, and nearby, um, a young Aerith comes by to pull him out of the fountain, uh, and is just like, oh, you poor thing, uh, where, where did you come from? Uh, and I think, uh, I think Leon and Cloud are somewhere nearby, being moody but still kids like very very young kids <laughs> at this point uh like like come on Aerith you you got out of the fountain now let's go uh and um i think instead Aerith um i think Aerith drags Stitch into like one of the nearby buildings and wraps Stitch up in a towel uh, like in a very tight blanket burrito, 
Uh, and and uh, so and tells Did this do that thing where he growls and then his ears go back. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm basically picturing Stitch in like a little kitten burrito. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think um, Aerith uh says like carrying Stitch, unable to escape despite being super strong. Um, we we should see if we can figure out what what this is. We we should ask somebody. Uh, and I think uh, that's that's the end of the the uh, that scene. All right. Uh, it's like that means you take both, right? If you want. Yes. Yeah. So we can put those there as our discard pile. Essentially, right. yeah. That stitch drowning in a, in a pitch of water. <laughs> All right. So, three, two, one. Uh, using all your cards this early. Are you? I forget if aces are high. Aces are high. Aces are high. You checked. Okay, uh, so, yeah. um, I, we we establish we we have we have a Google Doc. I just remembered. Um, oh, we yeah. figured out how old characters are. Um, God only knows where that Google Doc went. Uh, um, I have it here, I think. Uh, yeah, I can link it to you. Dark Shard plot writing. Yeah, there we there go. We. AKA, why does Monstro is upside down? Exactly. I don't remember uh, why. I, I, because I re-listened, I remember why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's actually going to make it into the final episode because it was part of our spiral. <laughs> I do want to listen to the spiral someday. I'll definitely edit together the spiral as either a Patreon exclusive or, you know, just a bonus postseason episode. So they can um, understand what it's like if we get us into the room together. It, it, metaphorically. Yeah. If the day we actually get into a room together to record this, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but we are not getting anything done. I don't know if we're getting anything done right now. Um, we're learning. Let's see. KH Wiki. I want to see how old Sid would be at this point. Um, uh, I don't think I caught Sid. I just said permanent grandpa. Yes, that's what I was looking for. And I was very, I appreciate us, but also. <laughs> <laughs> very unhelpful. <laughs> but, um, uh... So, Final Fantasy Wiki, Sid Highwind, uh, age, uh, so he's like 22 at this point, uh, assuming, yeah, 22, 24, um, based yeah, on, around. it's nine years before 10 years on. Yeah. So, I think instead of going to Sid... They take a stitch to see Merlin, just because Merlin's an actual permanent grandpa who uh, would know such things as um, about strange monsters. <laughs> uh, and I think what happens is um, they get there and um, 
I think they they. I just <laughs> I just noticed that your uh, Google Drive handle is is uh, Genderman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So um, they take him to Merlin. Uh, he is. He is set on the bed, still wrapped up in the blanket burrito, uh, uh, trying to escape. Um, and I think um, Merlin is just, oh, I know, I'll cast um, an identification spell on him. Um, Identify. Um, and I think that... Um, while Merlin is working working on putting this spell together, um Aerith has found some food and like some sort of treats or something and is trying to feed them to Stitch. Like like some sort of cookies or something and Stitch <laughs> is just like moving his head out of the way, like like a like a baby trying to fight being fed. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh and I it's think better. I think the way that spell goes uh depends on the results of the next card draw. <laughs> uh okay. Uh so you get that? Yeah. I mean we we're this is just a discard pile. I don't think we're counting points unless I don't remember something. Uh the end is whoever has the most that Tells you the ending, I think. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Three, two, one. All right. right. <laughs> That's uh, what I was hoping for. I was really hoping for that because I had an idea. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Stitch is uh, is doing his whole, like, baby, no, I don't want to eat uh, thing. And uh, somehow he gets... Out of, I think he like falls onto the ground and like rolls, and that undoes the towel. And uh, he's gonna get up in, in his like full like ditch, like arm down, like ha, ah, uh, stance. And he's gonna leap at Merlin, and he's actually gonna take Merlin's wand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's gonna hold on to it. You know, uh, have you ever seen a kid hold on to a fire hose? I I haven't, but I think I can imagine. So he's like holding on to that as spells are firing and he's just bouncing around the room. And eventually he bounces out the door. I I love that we've given Stitch uh the wand of probably the most powerful character in this the entire series. I think just because of Kingdom Hearts rules, he is gonna lose it, uh, oh, yeah. but only after he has gone really far and caused a lot of chaos and cast a lot of spells. Yeah, of course. So, like, he he goes out, and he's, like, holding on to the wand, like, it's a balloon with air escaping, and he just goes around, and then lands, and somewhere along the way, he loses the wand. Yeah. So, I think he would land... Oh god, where would be a good place to land? I don't know intact Radiant Garden as well as I know Whole Bastion Radiant Garden. 
There's actually not a lot of areas. It's like a very weird setup. There's it basically only shows like the the area where Merlin's house is, the castle gates, and a weird a, a and also like a weird area that is like entirely fountains. <laughs> I mean sometimes there's I remember we talked about the amount of fountains that Radiant Garden has. It is kind of absurd. There's, it's a waste of water. Ansem, please. I mean, it's probably like recycling itself. It's probably not like pumping out water constantly. But there's only so much water on the world. I mean, yeah, but it world. like that's how fountains work. Is it like upcycles the water back through? Except, let me check the world icon for Radiant Garden, because it might actually show water just just going off the side of the world. <laughs> uh, no, no, it, it, um, it, it, is, it is contained. It is not flying off the side of the world. I think Hall of Bastion in the first game was... Ah, uh, let but me see. Yeah, but that's, that's destroyed. Um, you might be looking for the castle. Uh, no, there's no water on the map. No. Oh, or there is, but it's in a slope. That's allowed. Yeah. Uh, we know who's wasting water. Uh, uh, God, what is the name of that place? It's where Aqua, Terra, and Vanos are. Oh, the, um, the Land of Departure. Yeah, they've got a waterfall falling off the edge of the map. Yeah, but I, I feel like they're not responsible for that. That's fair. If it's also, a fountain, then they're being wasteful. But Also, it, it does show that the world has, like, a planet to it that you don't go to. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's uh, Mario Galaxy rules and the water just kind of swoops back around. I feel like we're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these conversations are why we're doing this in the first place, but yeah. These conversations... Are you saying this is the purpose of the podcast, or this is why we decided to do a podcast? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> sure. Alright. Let's see what happens. Wait, we didn't decide where Stitch was. Well, we oh, did this I, flip. I gotta say, landing on... Actually, that's a fair point. Whoever decides, like, if it's a few things, I have something that would cause a lot of chaos. But yeah. Also, because this is a Kingdom Hearts world, at any time, feel free to introduce a fight with the Unversed. Okay. It will. I... It will probably be easier for you than for me, but I guess I could have Stitch save somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have my vignette end with him flying through the air, losing the wand, and falling. All right. And next scene, three, two, one, flip. You again. <laughs> okay. Um, I think he's going to land at the gates of the palace. Ooh. Like, like behind the gate, like at the door. So yeah. just hanging out with Dylan and Alias or. <laughs> I, where are they at this moment? So no, Greg's not there. Yeah, Dylan and Alias are just uh, basically they just guard the castle gates. Yeah, uh, I think he's gonna land at the gate. 
So he's not like right next to them. So that would be funny. No, fuck it. He hits the door. Uh, and they're, they're like, what? <laughs> As he like bounces uh, away from the door. He's indestructible. It's fine. And uh, they're going to pull their uh, spears at him. And I think going to do what you're going to say. He's going to, the, the unverse are going to show up for some reason. And uh, they're going to go, these guys are here. And Stitch is already pulling out his, did we say he have his gun still? I, I was actually going to bring this up. Like, I, I mentioned in the beginning of the first episode, like, talking about how Stitch would fight, but then we didn't wrap back to that. Yeah. Here's, here's my pitch for, like, bullshit Kingdom Hearts unlockable weapons. Um, Stitch, all of Stitch's weapons can be, like, used melee or ranged. And he starts off with, like, his gun, which could either be used as his gun or he could use melee. My pitch yeah. is that from uh, Sultan and the Rockstar, he gets a guitar that he can just play sonic blasts out of or hit people with the guitar. Okay, I like that. He's definitely going to hit someone with a guitar. <laughs> uh, and he's going to pull out a guitar and see that the other two aren't looking at him and turn around. And this guitar is, like, probably bigger than he is. Yeah. And... He's gonna growl something out in, you know, not English because I, he probably knows a little bit, but he doesn't, he hasn't been on Earth for very long. So, and he's gonna grin and jump out and start just going the to town. And the sound it makes is horrible. Like, it makes notes every time it hits. And he's accidentally hanging the other two as well, accidentally. And I feel like uh, the way this would be represented mechanically is like Dylan and Alias don't realize that Stitch isn't an unversed, so they're just in the fight as enemies. <laughs> we did talk about it. they look very similar, <laughs> and uh, so he is just wailing on these guys, uh. And the unversed, and eventually, I the unversed get defeated, and I feel like uh, the other two are have their spears and they're still attacking, and uh, behind them they hear something like, "What's going on here?" And Anson walks out, and can't decide if I want him to run away or not. Uh, I'm gonna flip a coin real quick. Okay, uh, he is going to. Scamper inside. He's going to scamper inside. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. As the as Anson opens the door, he's just gonna like a chance puts a guitar away somewhere. Prince. Okay, so let's pull cards to see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Okay. Yeah, I don't have to continue. <laughs> Yeah, uh, th this seems like a very good uh, switching point because um, we, I just realized we haven't been describing these characters at all. Um, we basically described that <laughs> Dylan, and, uh, Dylan and Alias are um, the castle guards. That's basically about all you need to know. They are 
one boring card. They're they have interesting things happen to them in the future, but basically right now they are just two big hunks of ham that that guard the castle gates at Radiant Garden. Um, Ansem the Wise is this um blonde this, guy this blonde this blonde smug grandpa who is <laughs> the uh leader of the radiant garden um also a scientist yes also a scientist and that um he definitely follows all scientific procedures and nothing ever goes wrong of course, he doesn't have a hand in anything that's ever going to happen in this world. Speaking of uh, people who will not have a hand in anything that happens, uh, I think as Stitch runs through the door of the castle, uh, I think that he is looking behind him uh, and laughing at how far behind everyone is as he runs... Um, face first into a a small child with um silvery blue emo hair in a lab coat uh and um he um knocks Ienzo to the ground <laughs> oh Ienzo um Ienzo doesn't talk in birth by sleep I don't think no he no. doesn't um so he's I th like, he is like sixteen in the other games. So he's not that much older. Yeah, he's like six. Like he's five or six. Yeah, uh, and heavily implied to be uh, an orphan. Uh, and I think that um, they're just brushing themselves off, and uh, an thin older older man with long blonde hair. Um. Uh, walks up and says, "Ienzo, have you made a friend here? Who is this?" And um, Evan picks Stitch up by the scruff of the neck, Stitch swearing at him in in alien tongue. Uh, and and uh, Evan says, "Oh, you're you're a lively one. Well." It, you seem to have found our way into our castle, so why don't we try and take care of you a little bit? And I've just realized that I have introduced the um, putting Evan in a cute scene does not compute. <laughs> I know! I gotta say, your your Evan impression is uncanny for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I've just watched a bunch of Birth by Sleep cutscenes immediately before recording. <laughs> So I have I have heard um Evan's intonation a few times. Um but yeah, I think that um you know what? Let me Oh, I I have a um I have an idea that da -da -da. Yeah, I think that um Ienzo pulls out a sandwich uh and offers it to Stitch. Uh and um stitch is still fighting uh and um evan takes the sandwich and succeeds where Aerith failed and just shoves the sandwich in stitch's mouth <laughs> like a uh 
like VCR. Yes. Um, the the specific thing I'm going for here is Zexian's joke weapon in Days is a, is a sandwich. <laughs> so Stitch Stitch gets fed a sandwich by the most one of the most terrifying characters in the series, and that is I'm going to die on the hill that that is a cute scene. Uh, I am very cute. Uh, and I think that Evan and Enzo carry Stitch further into the castle. Because that's a wonderful idea. Yeah, it could definitely go either way from here. <laughs> All right. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, God, I gotta ruin this cute moment. Uh, I think, first of all, Stitch has to get away. So he's gonna, after eating, he has, is like invigorated because that's what food does to you in video games. And he twists around, like grabs onto Evan's uh, wrist, and like, you know how he crawls on the ceiling and like on the walls? Yes. He does that to Evan. Oh no! Like, 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 like just crawls down around him, and he's like, "What? What?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, laughing because he's adorable. And, uh, Stitch goes down Evan's leg, down the hallway. Evan is now chasing after him, but, uh, I don't know, that, that lab coat doesn't look very, it looks very restrictive, so he's having trouble. And, okay, where would be the most a fun place for him to go? So many places that he could ruin inside the castle. I don't know why we let him in here. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> loose inside the castle. Uh, but I feel like the funniest place would be to aggravate Evan. So he ends up in his lab. Of course. Which I think he's a chemist. Um. He's generic mad scientist. I don't remember if they ever said what he did before he, you know, became ridiculous. Um, He's an alchemist, at least. He made a person. He made a whole guy. He made many guys. <laughs> he made a lot of guys. That's like a very big turning point in series. Uh, so he makes it into his lab, and his eyes get wide at all the breakable things. And Evan appears in the door, tries to grab him, but Stitch kicks off his face. Uh, <laughs> and, like, starts knocking stuff over, and, like, I don't know, shredding paper? Or just, like, you know, just picking it up and making it rain? And whenever Evan tries to grab him, he goes, he goes up the wall and on the ceiling and down to the other side of the room. <laughs> Meanwhile, Genzo's just in the uh, doorway, just, like, Mouth like a gasp at you could cause trouble. <laughs> Stitch is causing a rebellious streak in the end, so. Uh, I don't remember this. <laughs> uh, so I feel like he ends up running around Evan's ankles until and Evan's like trying to follow him, and he ends up tripping Evan and falls over, knocks over his desk, and uh, Stitch. Ends up in front of Yenzo, uh, and thinks about it for a second, 
and then just cast sidles around him. It runs off. See, this is why I said that the tie couldn't just be cute and chaos because they're, they're the same. <laughs> they are the same. All pretzels are the same. <laughs> oh. All right, you get to choose the room next. Or maybe I do. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I've got my card. <laughs> yep. Uh, you, you have the four of spades. So I'm guessing I'm going to win, but who knows? I have not been counting cards, so I actually don't know what we have left. You haven't used a lot of your very small cards, so you use all your really big cards really a lot. Yeah. Just barely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I think that um, Stitch is climbing along the walls. Um, he is being chased by... Um, Evan and Enzo from one side, um, a alias and Dylan from the other, uh, and he is just, just clinging to the ceiling, laughing, and he pulls out a bottle that he stole from Evan's lab, uh, and cackles madly, as, uh, as as he drinks this uh, mysterious vial, uh. And um, Dylan and Alias, their eyes go wide, uh, and so does the Enzos. And then um, Evan just starts to smirk as Stitch immediately drops from the ceiling, completely asleep. Aww. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I imagine it's like just complete like splat landing. Yes, complete splat landing. Uh, and I think that uh, the the two the two guards. I I think that um, that Alias picks him up uh, and starts to carry him outside and just absentmindedly starts petting him. Aww. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Stitch is like purring. Um. And uh, I don't know if there's too much more to this um, scene other than them just like carefully so yeeting the, the, the unconscious stitch away. <laughs> Keep going though. Like they, they just like, they see that Stitch is like slowly, slowly coming back awake and they just yeet him away. And Stitch runs off. <laughs> and yes, I I have been thinking about the thing you said in the chat. <laughs> we we might we we will figure this out somehow. We'll figure this out. We might just have it have to free flow in Indy at some point. Yeah. Uh so what kind of mood is Stitch in after being rudely uh? Rudely put to sleep and then rudely awakened. To be fair, he put himself to sleep. Yeah, but he didn't. He assumed that it was like a magic strength potion. Also, you know? everything Stitch does is rude. So I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three, Three two, two, one. Hey, he's in a chaos mood. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, who else, who haven't we seen yet? 
Um, we haven't seen Lee or Isa. We okay, haven't seen yeah. Sid. That is immediately um, going. He is going to run into the ankles of Lee. Like in that like uh lower down like area where Ben was sitting when they met. Oh yeah. That's kind of their hangout spot in my mind. So uh somehow Stitch gets there through the city and just full force into Lee's ankles. And of course Lee falls down. And uh Isa says something snarky. I don't know what, but he does. And uh Lee kinda does like one of those like flip jumps to his feet and does his you know the Lee posture, you know, like yeah. Oh, that wasn't very nice. So, so to describe the characters we have just introduced, um, <laughs> rudely, um, Lee, um, Isa, is, Isa has long blue hair and, uh, personality-wise, picture Bert and Ernie, um, but Bert is like this blue-haired teenager in like a blue tracksuit, um. And the Ernie is this red-haired, spiky-haired teenager uh, in, like, a yellow, like, tank top with a scarf, I think, is Very the design. Very like, cargo pants. Yeah. I, I, I searched Lee on the um, Kingdom Hearts wiki, and it just pulled up current day Lee, which is not as helpful. <laughs> uh, oh, it's like, it's like an orange, like, vest jacket. And cargo pants, yeah. Uh, and it's like if if Ernie was always down to fight, yeah. Yeah, it's it's ang it's angry Ernie. I don't know if he's really angry. He's just cocky. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so, it's Bert and Shonen protagonist. <laughs> To be fair, Isa is very shonen protagonist. Yeah. There are different flavors of shonen protagonist. Yeah, like I would maybe we'll have a we'll have a Lee Isa season. It won't make any sense in the lore. But <laughs> what if I these, mean what if these two teenagers left the world? <laughs> I mean, wasn't that Lee's one of Lee's dreams, I think? Yeah, but like I don't think he achieved it. I think he was stuck on Radiant Garden until, you know, the incident. The incident. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I feel like now that we've described them, Lee is down to fight. Like he's got his pseudo truck drums out. Yeah, they're like frisbees with they're, uh They're spiky frisbees. Yeah, which, they're sp that's how I would describe the chakras, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the the wiki just calls it a, literally just calls it a frisbee. Uh, I don't want to know what type of game, what type of uh, uh, ultimate frisbee they're playing. But uh, he's so down to fight, and, like, so is Stitch. Like, I feel like this is a chaos moment, but it's also, like, a bro moment. Yeah. I like, feel like they can be both. I feel like most bro moments are chaos moments. 
I mean, this is basically how Lee and Ben became friends. Yeah. So, uh, Stitch beats him, obviously. Yes, because he's a guitar. The <laughs> he beats him with a guitar. <laughs> and uh, Lee, Lee, you know, gets up after being beat into the ground with guitar and brushes himself off and, you know, does the whole, like, we're friends now type deal. And Stitch is confused. Uh, he doesn't quite know the concept of friendship, but if the guy wants to get hit by a guitar again, that's fine. But I feel I figure a way to end this. Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Uh, I think that uh, Isa's snarky comment after the fight is two losses in a day? Th now this thing, and first it was, what was his name? Ven? Uh, and Stitch, Stitch hearing that um, just just goes um, just Ven? Ven's hair? And Stitch just runs off. That is a perfect ending. I feel like when he does the Ben here, he like jumps on Isa and grabs his lapels. Yes. And then runs off. Yes. I really hope we have a tie at some point. <laughs> we have to have an inexplicable. We made a big deal about it. We got to have one at some point. I mean, we could just both play Jokers at some point if we want to. But... <laughs> To not but, uh, win, but to have a tie. Yes, uh, but let's 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 play this next scene straight, and then we'll think about it. All right. All right. Hey. <laughs> so that's a ask tie. In, ask, and the universe will give. All right. So you suggested mechanics for how this could work. So I will roll a 1d3 for what kind of inexplicable cameo we're getting. Okay, uh, so one will be uh, sad. Yeah, one is sad, two is funny, three is plot. Yeah. Roll 1d3. A uh, plot. Hmm, what is... I feel like that's the one that we got stuck on thinking about. <laughs> I think that what happens here is here's my pitch. Um, Stitch is running across rooftops, just loudly shouting for Ven, um, and making a complete scene of himself. Uh, and then I don't know if this is inexplicable enough, but my pitch is that um. Let me look look up something real quick because my yes, like this um big purple hand reaches down uh and picks him up and says, Oh, you thought you could get away from me, did you? And uh Dr. Jumba has found Stitch. A new player has entered. Uh how to get out the rooftops. I mean, he probably just jumped. You probably the camera pans up, and uh, Pleakley is trying to keep control of their ship that Jumba has just suddenly jumped out of. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I have an idea if I get chaos. 
So I'm good with that. Yes. Well, I mean, how how else do we do we want to do anything more with this scene? Because like it's supposed to be collaborative. Uh and I think Pleakley is spitting out like you know that really threw off the weight the distribution we had here. <laughs> I'm making a scene here. Um so I, I think because like in the game we just had a fight, I think Stitch has to wriggle away, right? Yeah. Uh I mean we could have him in the grass for the next uh scene. We'll play it right here. Yeah. Yeah. Jumba has to go find where Pleakley crashed. <laughs> Just uh, like aha. Uh, we now we are uh, it's been a while since I've watched Lilo and Stitch. I watched that back in um <laughs> like yeah, I was going to make a reference. I was like, I don't know if that's part of Lilo and Stitch. I think that's Star Trek. Probably watched that back in April. <laughs> Were you going to reference the Prime Directive? I was. <laughs> no, I don't think there's necessarily a Prime Directive. Uh, I think the only reason there was something close to that was that Pleakley wanted to protect the mosquitoes. Yeah, they're endangered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so you get your three, I get mine. Yeah. Unless you want to switch. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I I misunderstood what you were saying. <laughs> there, ah. we, we, we figured it out. Yay! We, we are at an exact tie, which I guess uh, statistically makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that is very funny. Okay. He is in Jumbo's grasps. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So a cute scene. Um, uh, I think that um, this is when Aerith, uh, Leon, and Cloud catch back up to them. Uh, and um, I think Aerith just looks up at Jumba carrying Stitch and says, "Oh, is that your dog?" And Jumba just laughs like, dog, no, this is no dog. This is Experiment 626, most dangerous creature in all the galaxy. <laughs> uh, it just goes on about that. Um, and then Jumba just starts going off about that. He is, is distracted and not paying close enough attention to Stitch. And Stitch just bites down on his hand. And Jumba shakes his hand, lets go of Stitch, and Stitch hides between the three behind the three kids. Uh, oh, you're you you. I gotta get back into the voice. Experiment six two six. Experiment six two six. You're you're using these children as a shield. Oh, that that will not work on me. Uh, and Jumbo pulls out the gun, but uh. Pleakly catching up, probably smoking from the wreckage, the crash, says, no, 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 you can't, you can't do this. <laughs> and uh, dives in front dramatically. Uh, Jumba does not actually pull the trigger, but Pleakly dives thinking. in front. I was uh, just thinking that. <laughs> so Pleakly just hits the ground. Um, and, and. And uh, I think uh, 
Jumba picks Pleakley up, and I think the kids and Stitch take advantage of the distraction to run away. <laughs> uh, um, uh, and I think that's that scene. We should like he bites Jumba like adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I know what cute means based on the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I it works. It works. Alright. I mean, I I play Dottie, so I don't know if I know what cute means either. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Let's let's go again. Let's go again. Okay. Three, <laughs> Three, two, two one. one. Alright. So another cute scene. Um I think that um I think that they've run off to a hidden away place. Um, I think they actually end up in a workshop where uh, a 20-something uh, Sid Highwind who in the future looks like this grandpa uh, in a big jacket. Uh, I guess I didn't describe the other Final Fantasy characters as kids because like, I feel like that's more of a touchstone, but like the they're kids. Magic you, you Cloud looks small. Yeah. You know Cloud from the Smash Brothers series? It's him, <laughs> but small. And Leon's there, too. Yeah. Um. So there... Uh, Leon is uh, Squall Lionheart from, uh, from uh, Final Fantasy VIII. But in the first game, he had trauma. Yes. He couldn't go by his real name. Yeah, actually, at this point, he would just be going by Squall. That's a fair point. Uh, but nobody said his name, so it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, same same way that we're calling Stitch Stitch. Um, so they find Sid working on the red one because, as I narrated it in the first scene, Stitch just jumped out of the red one, um, like father, like son, um. Also, I'm pretty sure it was broken at the time. Yeah, I think it was, like, partially broken. Um, Joe Ironwood helped him fix it up enough for it to get to the next world, but not yeah. enough for it to be fully working. I mean, it's alien technology, and that was the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I think our narrate our what we said was just Joe gave it a jump, which is not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they totally have the same battery type. That's fine. <laughs> um, oh, I'm just thinking back to the Halcyon days of Sultan and the Rockstar. If only we made a podcast oh, solely God. about that. <laughs> oh man, it would sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, so I think Stitch, um, runs into the ship and, uh, starts playing with the controls, and, uh, I think Sid just hammer. I'm just going to assume that Sid has always had the same personality, <laughs> because it's funnier that way. Well, even I think... if he doesn't look old, he always feels old. Like, he, he's always rough. Yeah, I think I think he just starts hammering on the uh, windshield like, "Hey, get get out of there! It is 
Is this your hunk of junk that, that crashed into my warehouse? Or this, my workshop? Uh, and uh, Stitch just uh, says some alien insults at him. Uh, and Sid seems to at least get the gist of what is being said at him and says, Alright, get, get, get out of there. Get and reaches in, pulls Stitch out, and throws throws him. <laughs> and and Sid just is still working under the hood. Like you're you're flying through space on this thing? This thing I wouldn't trust to go down down the street. I'll get it fixed up for you. Uh and I think Stitch manages to fight off his his natural inclination to do chaos to just walk over and look under the hood. Uh, and I think while Sid's working, he's just like, all right, now hand me that wrench. And Stitch just Aww. starts helping. Like, Stitch is like, wait, you you know how to fix this. You're fixing this for me. It's like uh, mechanic father-son bonding. Yes. Only the father is like 23 and the son is a mutant co poisonous koala <laughs> <laughs> with four arms yeah four arms to hold more tools <laughs> um and i think that's that's probably that scene all right okay we're down to the last two pairs yeah this this went by well, I was going to about say it went by faster than I expected, but we've been recording for almost two hours. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the first half hour we were just bullshitting, though, so, like... That's how all recordings happen, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, I feel like this... I don't know how long this episode is actually going to be once I edit it. I'm hoping <laughs> it'll be sub-two hours. <laughs> Whoops. Multiple and easy. Alright. Three, two, one... All right, I win by by a hair. Um, I think what happens here, I think Sid just like, I think we cut to Sid in the driver's seat with Stitch in the passenger seat, and Sid is showing Stitch some of the functions that Stitch didn't know how to use. Um, like, I think that um. I, I feel like mechanically this might even just be like a tutorial gummy ship mission. Um like a very short one. Uh and it's just like there's just throughout there's just a conversation quote unquote conversation kind of one way of Stitch to, or Sid talking to Stitch. And uh It's like talking know, to your cat. Yes. <laughs> Extremely those vibes. Um, and I, I think, and I think the last thing he says after he lands is, "Oh, and by the way, I made sure to um, program in the coordinates for Radiant Garden, so if you ever get lost, you can always find your way back here." Uh, and I think that that's that's the penultimate scene. Um, now we have one more card draw. Do we want to pull both of our jokers for another inexplicable cameo? Uh, forego this one or just have a second uh, draw at the end? I think it would be like 
we ignore whatever these cards actually say and then just pull jokers. So it's like it would take it this would be the turn. This would be the last turn either way. How about this? How about we pull our jokers and then whatever these are, that's how he leaves the world. Okay. So what kind of you know what let's 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 commit let's let's have it be a funny cameo because I feel like the momentum is not set up for it to be a sad or plotty cameo. <laughs> uh what about uh ice cream? Ice ice cream. Who who Scrooge. Scrooge. Oh. <laughs> Does <laughs> I I yeah, Scrooge could be working on his uh ice cream or I mean, he's technically doesn't start working on that for ten years, but whatever. There's ice cream in Disney Town. He could be involved with it, uh, and he's trying to figure out new recipes to bring home to his three uh, nephews. Uh, and uh, I feel like Aerith probably drag stitched there. Yeah, probably dragged all three of them there for them. Yeah, Drag Stitch, Cloud, Leon, and Sid. She is a strong child. Yeah. Yeah, and then they just, um, Stitch, they just all have some ice cream. Uh, and the game has a pop-up saying you've unlocked a new weapon, and it's an ice cream cone that you can either whack people with or throw, uh, scoops of ice cream out of. <laughs> wonderful <laughs> all right so days winding down to the end and everyone's ready to say goodbye to stitch how does stitch leave we could know this by counting cards but i did not so let's I see also technically we do have an ending scene that mathematically can only go to me but well i can narrate what happens in space. This is them leaving the world. Yeah. Three, two, two one. one. Hey. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy that it's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh Stitch has kind of come a long way in his feelings towards not destruction all the time. But uh his chaos is attempting to sneak Aerith off the ship with him. And he's like the friend, friend come with, and uh, it ends up with uh, uh, so like he's at the edge of the ship and kind of you know goodbye in whatever language he speaks, and the others are like, "Well, I guess you're not too terrible." One of them says that, and it, that works for all three of them, and uh, then Cloud looks aside. Where's Aerith? And there's a giggle in the uh, seat of the car. And this is turning out adorable. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Sid climbs up there and tries to pull uh, Aerith out while uh, Stitch tries to keep Aerith in. Six accidentally steps on one of the controls while Sid and Aerith fall out of the ship. Cockpit closes. And he shoots off in space. Yeah. And as the camera pans back to them, uh, here, <laughs> if you don't mind me, me taking a slight coda. 
Go for it. Uh, as the camera pans back to the 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 group on the ground, you see that none of them have their left shoe. <laughs> Somehow he found the time. Yeah. Uh, so he's in space now, headed to yeah. the next world. Yeah, so I think that what happens is that Stitch sees uh, Jumba and Pleakley coming up behind, um, and Stitch just jets off towards the first world he sees. Um, it would be represented on the world map as this cute forested world um, with a big castle in the background, um, and as you get closer, it you learn that the world is called the Gummy Glen. Next time on Star Shard, unfortunately, is the adventures of the Gummy Bears. <laughs> oh, yay. Gummy Bears. Bouncing here. We really started off on that strong note with uh, Soul and the Rockstar, so... And Nothing we're going... And we're just going to slam a bunch of gummy bears and have a complete sugar crash. <laughs> can we just talk about can we just talk about that one gummy bears meme video instead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only, if only. All right. Well, I think that's that's an episode. That it that very much is an episode. When the moon hits your eye like a big piece of pie, that's an episode. 